Oh, Father, what a privilege to be called sons of God. We stand in your presence this morning in awe and wonder, praising you for your name. David says, Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Not unto us, Lord, not unto us, but to thy name give we glory. We adore and bless you for your goodness. What a God you are. For your banner over us is love. We praise you for your majesty, for thou art clothed with glory and honor. The Lamb of God that was slain to receive power, glory, riches, wealth, blessing. And all this belongs to you. We thank you, Father, that you have made us kings and priests unto our God, and we shall reign on the earth. We bless your name for this morning's teaching. We ask that you enlighten us and flood our hearts with the revelation knowledge of your son, Jesus. Let us know you more today. Yokes are broken, burdens are lifted, and purposes are realized. We thank you that these words come not only in word, but in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much conviction and much assurance. We thank you, Father. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, please be seated. Hallelujah. Now, uh, quickly, last week we, we looked at what happens to believers who pray. I don't know why we're having this feedback. We looked at what happens to believers who pray. This morning, quickly, we want to look at what happens to believers who don't pray. And I strongly believe that you will be blessed and transformed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I have come to realize that if a man fails in anything, most of the time he first fails because he failed in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. Because prayer is the life force of the believer's work and service. Prayer is the most important part of a man's spirituality. And his greatest duty towards God and towards man. I don't care how much you love God. I don't care how much you praise God. Hear me clearly. If you don't have a prayer life, or a consistent life of prayer or a relationship with God in prayer you are not living the Christian life praise God now we need to understand that Jesus Christ did not only save us he called us and that calling is unto himself 
praise God and our first duty as Christians is toward the Lord and I keep stressing on this fact and I pray that the Holy Spirit will burden you with this revelation if you are too busy to pray then you are too busy did you hear that what did I just say yeah You need to understand this. You are first a Christian before your career. You are first a Christian before a banker. You are first a Christian before a hairdresser. You are first a Christian before a student. You are first a Christian before a pastor. That's what people don't realize. So, whatever you find yourself doing, you must understand that you found what you are doing on the basis of your relationship with God. I always tell you that Jesus Christ was the most busiest person you can ever find on earth. Yet Jesus Christ was never too busy to pray. Now, why did Jesus, who was God made flesh, have to pray? For what? You always find Jesus praying. When he was baptized in Luke 3, 21, the Bible tells us that he, he was, the, the Holy Ghost descended upon him like a dove. But the Bible says he came to pass Jesus also being baptized and praying the heavens were opened. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, the Bible tells us he rose up a great while before day and went to a solitary place and there he prayed. In Luke chapter 5, the verse 16 in NLT or NIV, the Bible tells us often he withdrew himself from the crowd and went to pray. In Luke chapter 9, from the verse 28 downwards, the Bible says, as he prayed. The fashion of his countenance was altered and his remain became white and glistering. That happened as he prayed. So Jesus prayed before he started ministry. He prayed while doing ministry. His last words before he even died was prayer. 
in John 17 you realize that Jesus even prayed for his disciples before he departed then guess what in Hebrews chapter 5 chapter 7 verse 25 the Bible tells us he ever lived to make intercession for us guess what Jesus is to pray so how can a believer not pray your savior is still praying now that tells you the vital role that prayer plays in our lives as Christians I've explained on countless occasions why it is expedient that Christians pray about 90% of life failures are prayer failures the number one on top of the list of your life problems I am telling you is prayerlessness if you can cancel that problem I can tell you an authority there are most of the problems you are going through that will be solved one after the other And if you have any doubt, look at the pastor, the one teaching you today. He's a living example of what prayer can do in the life of a man. Amazingly, many Christians are trying to live life without God in it. No wonder the Bible, the Bible tells us that unbelievers are even much wiser than believers an unbelieving businessman knows that life is spiritual so before he does business he has to consult some things he has to offer sacrifices to some things he has to get some things for protection he has to service his altar for sustenance but Christians live as though life is physical We begin our day, end our day without ever even caring that we are sons of God who have a call to first be with God. And I keep hearing one thing, one thing. Why are you not able to pray? I am busy. Really? <laughs> you soon notice that when you get sick you are not busy when you lose your phone you realize you are not busy and there's no whatsapp there's no message to reply after your phone is stolen you realize you, you, you are idle you realize it that all this while you were not busy you made yourself busy Listen, if I have time, I'm going to share with you about 60 things that happens to believers who don't pray. And you'll be shocked. Because of time, let me try to see if I can give you at least all of them. Are you okay with that? 
So when you go home, you're going to print it. That's if you're a serious believer. Paste it in your room. So anytime you look at it, 60 things that happens to believers who don't pray, and you look at number five, when you just get to number five, you know, in my prayer room, I've printed 14 reasons why the devil does not want me to pray. Anytime I'm feeling lazy, many of you think I'm a prayer giant. I'm not a prayer giant. I always trust God for grace to pray. There are times I don't feel like praying. So if you ever think I'm a superman teaching you, it's a lie. By the time I get to number four, out of the 14 reasons, I'm already praying. And you see, there's a way you can build your life to have a consistent life of prayer. It's not, see, don't think that you just wake up, you heard a good teaching this morning about how to pray, then you just start to pray. No, there are conditions. Number one, you have to first trust God for grace to pray. Because it takes grace to pray. In Zechariah 12, 12, 10, the Bible tells us the spirit of God is a spirit of grace and supplication. That means he's the one that gives us grace to pray. Romans 8, 26, the Bible says, likewise, the spirit helpeth our infirmity. That means there is weakness in us. We do not know what to pray for even as we ought to. So, the Holy Ghost helps us. You can't build a prayer life without the help of the Holy Ghost. So, you ask for grace. Lord, my prayer life is waning and fading. Help me. Help me. In Psalm 80, the verse 18, the Bible says, Quicken us and we will call upon thee. So, it takes the quickening of God to become a man of prayer. But you see, you don't trust only in the grace of God to pray. How many books do you have on prayer? Have you ever bought a book on prayer? No. Have you ever gathered messages on prayer? No. How do you become a man of prayer? When you don't understand the governing principles and the disciplines surrounding it. We have close to 20 teachings on prayer. Have you ever listened to it? Have you ever listened to it in the course of the week? You won't listen. But you will WhatsApp. And you will Facebook. You won't listen until you are in trouble. That's how many Christians are. When they are in trouble, then they are chasing after God. Please, don't be that Christian. It's dangerous. What happens to believers who do not pray? Number one, God's presence will seem far away and unreal. And you will soon begin to doubt that God is with you. God's presence will seem far away and unreal and you will soon begin to doubt that God is with you. This is amazing. I've told you over and over that God's presence must be understood in four lights. The first light of God's presence is the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere. His presence fills all in all. But guess what? The fact that God's presence is everywhere does not mean you will feel or sense his presence. The second light of God's presence is the manifest presence of God, which is the presence of God in action. Where, where God's presence unveils itself physically. 
The third light of God's presence is the indwelling presence of God. And every child of God, by way or by virtue of you being a temple of God, God lives in you. Then the fourth light of God's presence is the practice presence. And one of the ways of practicing the presence of God is in the place of prayer. And hear me, if you're a child of God who does not have a consistent life of prayer, you will soon begin to seem as though, you, you begin to feel as though God's presence is far away from you. It's, it's one of the benefits of not praying. God's presence will seem far away. So why is God living in me? I don't sense God. Because of time, I have to go through this thing very quick. And you'll soon begin to doubt that God is with you. Praise God. Number two, you put God out of business in your life and that of others. You put God out of business in your life. Listen, the devil knows this. He knows that when men stop praying, God stop working. I've heard people say God would do what he wants to do because he's suffering. We don't understand this thing. God's sovereignty is tied to his word. God's sovereignty is tied to his word. So what God's word has said, his, his sovereignty can contradict. So God is as sovereign as his word. And God's word has told us what happens when we pray. God gave the dominion of the earth to man. He said, let us make man in our own image and let them have dominion. He didn't say, let us have dominion. So he gave the dominance of the earth to man. So if man wants God to do something or if man wants an intervention of God, he must call on him. Because God does not violate his principles. He gave the earth to man and if man wants God to intervene, he must call him through prayer. So John Wesley says, it seems as though God would do nothing except men pray. He also said, it seems as though God does nothing except in answer to prayer. So you put God out of business. God has nothing to work with. Anytime you begin praying, you put God into business. You put angels into business. So prayer is business with God. So if you don't pray, you have no business with God. If God calls you as a pastor, calls you as a businessman, calls you as anything he wants you to do, and you don't begin relating with him on the altar of prayer, consistent prayer, I am telling you, you will struggle, you will compromise, you will cut corners. Number three. You, you deliberately and willingly exempt yourself from what God is doing. If a believer doesn't keep a consistent life of prayer, you deliberately and willingly exempt yourself from what God is doing. You are saying, God, I don't want to be a part of what you are doing. 
So you deliberately and willingly exempt yourself from what God is doing. Number four. You soon become spiritually dry, cold and lukewarm. Today I'm giving you reasons why your Christian life is becoming what it is. As a sign of warning to call you back to spiritual order. You soon become spiritually dry, cold and lukewarm as a child of God. What number is that? What's the next number? Number five. You soon, number five, your love for God grows cold. Your love for God grows cold. Now hear me. Everything in life is powered. Hear me carefully. This microphone is functioning because it is powered. This keyboard is functioning because it is powered. This speakers or monitors are functioning because it is powered. Your phone is functioning because it is powered. So you buy a remote, you see, you see a rent, a rent, um, um, button there written power. So you got to power it before it begins to function. Am I teaching well? In that same vein, our Christian life is powered. Praise God. So anytime you come to God in prayer, God's fire is placed upon your life to live life. The Bible calls him a consuming fire. So as you spend time with a consuming fire, you begin, you begin to get consumed with fire. Where life becomes a life full of power. Number six. Your love for the world of perishing souls grow cold. Your love for the world of perishing souls grow, grows cold. What do I mean by that? I mean unbelievers dying and going to hell doesn't become a bother to you anymore. You will be shocked that many Christians don't care about unbelievers again. And it, it's, it, I can't tell you the source. You don't talk to God, so you don't hear his heartbeat. So what concerns God does not concern you. What bothers God does not bother you. What burdens God does not burden you. So your love for the world of perishing souls begins to grow cold. Number seven. You have a greater chance of being worldly. The seventh thing that happens to those believers who don't pray is that you have a greater chance of being a worldly Christian. Who is a worldly Christian? A worldly Christian is a Christian who behaves like the world. You'll be shocked if we go through the phones of many Christians here. The kind of songs that you have stored on your phone is amazing. 
There are some of you, we have to cut a portion of the video. If your ringtone bells right now, we have to cut that portion from the video before we post it. Because it is Shatawale and all kinds of unbelieving songs. And, and many of you don't know that if an unbeliever sings a song and he consulted oracles of darkness before launching the song, once you have your song, the songs on your phone, what happens is that you are fellowshipping with them. You are fellowshipping with the demons that helped him to hit. And you are hitting with him. So, you see, I pity Christians who sleep with worldly music. You are about to sleep and then you are playing and it's playing and you are sleeping. 12 a.m. when demons are active and they are passing by and they hear the song. Hey! Area boys in the house. Let's visit him. And you wake up a strong last hits you. you. You don't know where this last is coming from. I can show you the source. And someone says, man of God, so you mean, you mean we shouldn't listen to it? Hey, 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 listen to me. In Ephesians 5, 18, the Bible says that, it says, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess. That means what fuels you controls you. If you are filled with alcohol, you'll be controlled with alcohol. So he says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. That means whatever fuels you constantly controls you constantly. I'm telling you. Now he tells us, speaking to yourselves, the next verse, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So the Bible is telling us the kind of songs we should be listening to as Christians. You cannot have worldly songs on your phone and tell me that you are Christianizing. You know, sometimes when you talk like this, people say you are being religious, but we are teaching you secrets. Because some of you are complicating the Christian life for yourself. You have a full playlist full of unbelievers songs on your phone. On Sundays, then you play three gospels. Just to help hype your conscience. You are falling from grace. There are some of you when we visit you in the house. And we tell you, we, we, we say that, oh, we're coming to visit one of our members. They'll, they'll say, I, this one, member of your church. Saturday morning and you are playing worldly music from your room. And the, the people in the house are hearing all these unbelieving songs you are praying. You, you are playing in your house. Then you open the volume. Then you are rapping with Eminem. Sing along. Hey! I'll preach it. <laughs> and we are complicating our lives. You can imagine. So the Bible tells us the kind of songs that we should be singing. Spiritual songs must, must you must surround yourself with spiritual songs. So what fuels you, controls you. If you are filled with worldliness, you become a worldly Christian. And I'm telling you, most churches you go today, there are 75% worldly Christians there. They are not different from the world. They talk like the world because they listen to what the world plays for them. 
and we are wondering why we are not spiritual. We are wondering why we want to serve God, yet there is something hindering us. Because of what you are feeding on. One man saw me and says, man of God, I'm into masturbation and pornography. How do I come out of it? I said, listen, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. If you keep feeding your lassie to grow, if you keep starving your lassie to die, how do you starve it? You starve it by stuffing your spirit with the right things. Listen to audio messages unto the thing enters you. Let it saturate your life. It's in your ears. You go to work, you have leisure time. It's in your ears. You sleep with them, you wake up with them. So your life, when we squeeze you, what comes out is the word. He didn't like this. He didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, so I know but how you talk. I know you are becoming a worldly Christian. How you talk. Charlie, how are you? We day. That's not Christian language. Christian talk like I'm blessed. God has been good. He's faithful. We know, we know that you, you, you are growing. We know you are healthy. We know it by your communications. Imagine before you go to work 30 minutes. In the name of Jesus, I take authority on the road. In the name of Jesus, I take authority in the office. In the name of Jesus, Father, all the people coming close to me are being blessed. I pray for those who I'm going to meet in the company. I pray for my boss. You mentioned his name, Mr. Die. Father, he has been a stubborn man. He has been insulting me. Father, I forgive him. In the name of Jesus, let your power come upon him. Influence him with your grace. In the name of Jesus, as I go to meet him today, I pray he'll be nice to me. In the name of Jesus, or yeah, me, I mean, be in the name of Jesus. And you are praying. <laughs> and then you, you move out. You move out of the house. You move with some confidence. You move with some confidence. Your life is filled with power. Your life is filled with power. Who is quenching the anointing like that? Hallelujah. Am I teaching good at all? Number what? Number eight. You fail in your function as a priest in offering incense and daily sacrifices unto God. The eighth thing that happens to believers who don't pray. You fail in your function as a priest in offering incense and daily sacrifices to God. First Peter chapter 2, the verse 9. Now look, the verse 9. Okay, come to the verse 5. First Peter 2, 5. When you go home, read from the verse 5 to 9. He says, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and an holy priesthood to offer up what? spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus now hear this every child of God is a priest of God in Revelation 1 the verse 5 and 6 it tells us he has made us both kings and priests unto our God and we shall reign on earth so if you are a priest of God one of your duties is to offer sacrifices in the Old Testament there were two sacrifices that were offered the morning sacrifice and the evening sacrifice and that is prayer 
Anytime a believer prays, he's actually functioning and doing his duties as a priest. So the day you don't pray, you failed your office as a priest. You'll be shocked how heaven receives your prayer. Look at Revelation chapter 5, the verse 8. Revelation 5, 8. You will see something here. Now, he says, when he had taken the book and the four beasts and the four twenty elders before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of what? Odors, which are what? The prayers of the saints. The word odor is incense. So, every prayer that the saints prays, it appears in heaven as what? Incense. Why? Because you are a holy priest. In Revelation chapter 8, the verse 3, watch that. The Bible says, another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it up with the what? Prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne of God. So listen to me. Every time angels are working with the prayers of the saints, so when you don't offer up prayers you are giving angels no work to do number nine temptations increase and they soon overwhelm you temptations increase and they soon overwhelm you Luke chapter 22 The verse 40. He says, and when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. So Jesus was giving us a secret that the reason why he was able to overcome all temptation was because he was a man of what? Prayer. I'm sure somebody's wondering, was Jesus tempted? Okay, okay. Come to Hebrews chapter 4, the verse 15. Many don't know that Jesus was God, yet he was still a man. He didn't have super features as a man. Every temptation any human being goes through, Jesus faced it. That means Jesus had temptations to lie, temptations to sin, temptations to fall into fornication. All the temptations you have, he had it. If Jesus never experienced any of these things, that means he was not qualified to represent man and die for man. But look, he says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity, but was all in, in all points, what? You are not here with me. What? Almost what? Tempted! Like what? As we are every temptation you have ever gone through in your life Jesus went through it what the Bible say yet and now Jesus gave us one of the secrets he says watch and pray lest you enter into temptation pray that you enter not into Temptations will bombard you as a child of God. Did you hear what I said? But anytime you build a constant fellowship with God, a constant connection with God, there is a way God's life and power helps you to overcome it. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what happens now? You see, people, when, when I say a, a prayer is one of the ways of overcoming temptation, I'm not saying when you pray, it means when temptation comes, the prayer will just delete it. Boom! Leave! Then you are free. That's not what I'm saying. What the tempt what tem uh, prayer does is that it empowers you to discern the temptation. It empowers you to be able to come out of that temptation. But there is a place where you have to fight against it. There's a place where you have to free flee. So prayer does not give you divine legs. I I'm teaching with you. So prayer helps you. Listen. Anytime serious temptations overwhelm you. Now, what I'm going to say will not benefit somebody who, who, is, who is not going to listen to what I'm going to say. If you are somebody who just does whatever tempts you, this message will not bless you. I'm talking of those who want to pursue God. Anytime you are being overwhelmed by temptation to give in to something and it's becoming strong, go to prayer. Just for 10 minutes. The Lord, please help me. Have you ever told God about your last problem before? Because we don't know we can have a chat with God. We don't know we can be able to we, we can be able to relate with God as a father. We can tell him the temptations we go through. We can tell him what are emotions. We can tell him, we can tell him to help us that Lord. I decided to stop watching pornography. But the images keep getting stronger in my mind. Lord, please help me. And I cry. Lord, I don't want to do this. Help me. Now, God sees the sincerity of your heart and pours grace upon your life. I know what I'm saying. Many Christians think they can get out of the way of the devil by not fighting. Listen, go and find out the sacrifices Ukraine soldiers are doing now. One lady was interviewed. I followed that a lot. One lady was interviewed who is a soldier. She said she doesn't remember the last time she had a good sleep. And at the point she said, I, I wish I could just sit down at KFC. Or she mentioned one of the, the, the food companies there and just have a good lunch for the first time in four months. And I was just discerning, look, this is what somebody is going through to protect the nation. What are you doing to protect your integrity as a Christian? She says she has not slept for four months because she wants to protect her nation, the citizens of that nation. She wants to protect her life. And she has not eaten. She has not had a good sleep. What have you resisted so far? In your fight against him, what have you resisted so far? You don't know this thing. The image was getting stronger. So I had to go back to the site to go and watch it. What are you saying? You didn't fight. And listen, anytime a temptation comes, get, you get to know there are two powers that are around. Two powers. Be careful. Number 10. Lustful thoughts and desires increases and intensifies when you don't have a life of prayer. Lustful thoughts and desires increases and intensifies. 
lustful thoughts and desires increases and intensifies when you don't have a life of prayer oh there's a way prayer makes the anointing of God brood over your mind and soon some thoughts that are not godly begin to find its way out the anointing that comes through prayer can do that I'm 11 This is the 11th thing that happens to Christians who don't have a life of prayer. God's will for your life becomes blurred and clouded. God's will for your life becomes blurred and clouded. Now what I mean by that is that God's will for your life becomes unclear. So you either walk in confusion or in uncertainty in what God has called you to do. Praise God. The more you spend time with God, the more his will for your life becomes clearer. Are you following this thing? The more you spend time with God, the more his will for your life becomes what? Clearer. You begin to see clearly. So prayer gives you clear insight and foresight into God's will. It will just be unfailing. It's just revealing itself. It becomes clearer. If you don't pray, it becomes blurred. Next point. Number 12. The 12th thing that happens to those who don't pray. You easily fall into anxiety, depression, and frustration. You easily fall into what? Anxiety, depression, and frustration. A spiritual man, which is one who has a, an altar of prayer, hardly becomes depressed and frustrated. It, it can come as a thought, but it won't be long. Because the more you spend time in prayer, there's a hope that comes to your spirit, man. It, it comes by the Holy Ghost. He does that in you. He places a confidence in you, a certain hope in you. And by the time you are out of your prayer closet, you are encouraged, you are empowered. If you don't have a life of prayer, you will fall into anxiety, depression, and frustration. In Philippians 4, 6, the Bible says, Be not anxious, worried about anything, but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your, present your request to God. I love the word. I'm giving you life secrets here. Are you getting frustrated? Spend time in prayer. Number what? Number 13. You easily become weary and faint-hearted. What happens to believers who don't pray? You easily become weary and faint-hearted. Which means prayer makes their heart strong and fit. The more you pray, your heart becomes strong 
and faith. The more you don't pray, your heart becomes what? Weary and faint-hearted. In Luke 18:1, the Bible says he gave this parable to this end that men always ought to pray and not faint. That means the opposite of praying is fainting. In Luke chapter 22, the verse 31 and the verse 32, he says, The Lord said, Simon, Simon, the devil sought to sift you as a wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith faileth not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I'm teaching with you. Number 14. Sin easily becomes attractive and appealing. Sin easily becomes what? Attractive and appealing. That means sin becomes appetizing, well garnished. It looks attractive. Wow, bonnet. That is you because your eyes, your how you see things have changed. So sin becomes attractive. It, it becomes pleasurable for you. Am I teaching well? I wish someone stays for second service. What I have for you. Abaleke, take a lemma shake. Am I helping people at all here? Number one. 15. Attacks of the devil increases because you give him a great advantage. Attacks of the devil increases because you give him great advantage. What happens to believers who don't pray? If you just enter, that's what I'm teaching. Attacks of the devil increases because you give him great advantage. Now, if you have been following our teaching or a series on spiritual warfare, which is under the 10 pillars of a disciple's growth, you get to understand that now we have a lot of experience in how the devil operates. Because most of the time when we hear spiritual attack, we are just looking at the time when you are sleeping at dawn and then uh, at, you just want, something begins to hold your neck. You want to shout, Jesus, Jesus, that, that thing holds you. You want to, Gigi, Aji, 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 Jesus! I was attacked. Now, now, that is part of the attacks. But there are greater attacks that you have been overcome with long ago before that attack. Are you following that? And we said part of the arrows the enemy uses for attack is distraction, discouragement, envy and jealousy, unforgiveness, bitterness. All these things are attacks. Anytime there is a, there is a, a feeling of resentment against another person, there is a, a feeling of jealousy and envy about what someone has that you don't have. It's an attack of the devil. So if you want to understand spiritual attack, fear is a spiritual attack. Yesterday, we boarded a flight to Kumasi. In the plane, I heard a voice, you won't land. 
So this devil, he doesn't know how to give up. He said, you won't land. And the plane did boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and he said, I told you. Now, now, that's an attack. This is an attack of the mind. There are times you're about to sleep, you hear a voice telling you, when you sleep today, you will not wake up. It's an attack. Last is an attack. In 1 Peter 2.11, check, check, check the Bible. 1 Peter 2.11, he says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which what? War against the soul. So anytime lust hits you in your soul, it's an attack, it's a war. So prayerlessness is an advantage to the devil. Am I helping someone here? Number what? Number 16. Walking in the flesh becomes clearly unavoidable. What happens to believers who don't pray? Walking in the flesh becomes clearly unavoidable. What does it mean to walk in the flesh? To walk in the flesh means to walk by the appetites and the feelings your body craves to do. It's to walk by carnal mindsets. So, walking in the flesh becomes clearly unavoidable when you don't have life of prayer. Am I teaching with you? Next, number what? Your strength diminishes, decreases, and declines. Mind you, I'm speaking of your spiritual strength. In Isaiah chapter 40, the verse 30, the Bible says, Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Uh-huh. But they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. Now, Christians will see this verse and still not pray. The Bible is telling you that the key to renew your strength is waiting upon God. He said they shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not be faint. So, the key to spiritual strength is prayer. Waiting on God. I'm not talking about the one you do Monday, you do the next one next Monday. Uh, what I'm teaching here is building a consistent life of prayer. Am I helping you? Next point. Demons get a greater platform and lose openings to afflict you. Demons get a greater platform and lose openings to afflict you. They don't have to do a meeting over you. Because there's nothing to discuss. Every area in your life is a door. They know they can use your tongue. The words you say to afflict you because you, you easily say vulgar stuff 
they know this heart anything can enter you can just be bitter with people in two minutes so you, you are not a problem the people they discuss are people like Paul that's why I say Jesus I know Paul I know who are you so it's not everybody demons discuss there are some of you they don't discuss your, they don't discuss you because you are living in unforgiveness you are living in immorality you are living in bitterness you are living in all kinds of things you, you are you are just you have opened a door for them many doors next point you tell God in his face that you don't need him what happens to those who don't pray you tell God in his face that you don't need him which makes you independent and self-sufficient So when you don't have a life of prayer, it's a, it is something you are saying to God. You are telling God that, Lord, I don't need you. And since you don't need God, guess what? You are now independent and you are self-sufficient. So, you're going to take care of yourself now. So I tell people that one of the highest demonstrations of pride is prayerlessness. A prayerless man is a proud man. A prayerless woman is a proud woman. And guess what? The Bible says pride goes before a fall. So I can conclude that a man fails or falls when he fails in his duty on his knees. Because anytime you go to your knees in prayer, it's a sign of humility. I don't trust myself, Lord. I don't trust my business, Lord. I don't trust my boss, Lord. I don't trust my company, Lord. I don't trust anybody. I trust you. I trust you. So listen, you don't have to voice that you trust God. When you pray, it's a demonstration. It's a proof. Those who pray trust God. Because you don't, you, you, you can't say you trust God and not pray. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your path. Number what? Number what? 20. Okay. Your love for the world grows and increases. Remember the first one I said you become worldly. But this one I'm saying that your love for the world, what? Grows and increases. It increases. You are maturing in worldliness. No, you know you can see someone who is matured in worldliness. <laughs> so your love for the world grows and increases next point you lose contact with heaven the headquarters of every Christian soldier you lose contact with heaven 
thank you Holy Spirit you lose contact with what? heaven prayer is how we make contact with heaven a fetish priest is stronger because of his contact with his deity that's why he does not leave the shrine he does everything there it's the same with a soldier a soldier is more effective when he keeps contact with headquarters if you have ever been in war before you understand what I'm saying you listen to instructions on how to fight the battle listen you don't fight because you have a gun are you hearing me you don't fight because you have bomb you don't fight because you have an uh, ammo car you don't fight because you have ak-47 you fight because you are instructed to so soldiers always have walkie-talkie they listen to instructions what is going on there move to the eastern part of ukraine go to donbass when you go direct the bomb 60 degrees north because if you miss you, you, you miss so a soldier is effective by his communication with the headquarters so any Christian soldier who fails to have a prayer life is a prayer that will lose contact with heaven now note I didn't say you lose relationship you lose what? contact so now you're on your own many Christians are on their own may the Lord help you let me read the next two so that we, we can continue next week. I thought we were going to finish today. Number what? 22. Alright. Trials will seem unending and you will lack what it takes to be victorious over them. I wish everybody would write this thing down. All these things I'm saying. You write these things down. Listen. The Bible says that buy wisdom and sell it not. You know, I find Christians, when we are giving such truths like this, and you are, you, are, you are just, you don't write. Buy wisdom and sell it not. Listen, you have to treasure revelation knowledge. Because not all of you will be able to dig such revelations from the word of God. So if you have found a pastor who is making it easy for you, you respect and honor that grace by making notes. Because all these things I'm, I'm saying, it will face you one day. And if you lack that wisdom, and you sell what I'm giving to you, you'll be in trouble. Trials will seem unending, and you will lack what it takes to be victorious over them. It is in prayer that God gives us strategy. It's in prayer. There was one time I wanted to pray about something. God says, no, don't pray about this one. Stop praising me. For 30 minutes, I have some, is it Marrakesh or whatever it is, in my prayer room. I started worshiping and praising God. I praised God for like 45 minutes. And I had the peace of God. I knew 
I knew that something was done. It is in prayer God gives a strategy. Go and check in Israel. Anytime they were fighting a battle, God gave them a strategy in prayer. That time God would tell them, go and surround this nation. There was a time Gideon was going to fight a battle in prayer. God said, don't use these 30,000 people. Use 300. Does it make sense? To go and fight close to 100,000 soldiers with 300 soldiers. Can you win? But that's how they won. So many of you think, I have contacts. I know people. You know, at least I have some fat accounts there. You know, that is if you have a fat account. I, my parents are alive. They can take care of things. You know, my father has a property. At least when he dies, I have a car. My father has two houses. I've told my siblings they should take it. I don't want to own any of my father's properties. I don't want to own any of my father's properties. So when they are sharing, they should take it. I'll have my own properties. And leave it for my children. May that be your story too in the name of Jesus. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Lift your hands. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. Sing with revelation. Jesus died. 